I, uh, I love the start of a new year, Jeannie. If you could just pass the water for me, that'd be great. Uh, that's all right, I've got one open. I use that. Um, <clears throat> I love the start of a new year. We always and start a new series. And um, I'm really blessed because the countdown clock has not been started. So that means, you, Paul, you can go for as long as you want. <laughs> so that's awesome. And this year, the title in all of our campuses for the start of the new year is Stronger. You know, we're in a time, I believe, of crisis and chaos in our world. And everything seems to be shaken, the way we think about things. And in that time, we think sometimes it's inevitable that we will grow weaker. But we believe at Icon Church that God is saying to us, you're going to get stronger. And that's the tie. Come on, yeah, let's praise him. You're going to get stronger. While everything else is shaken and chaotic, you're going to get stronger. And that's the title of this series that we're going to do for five weeks. We subtitled it Bold Faith in a Noisy World. Because God says to us, no weapon formed against you will prosper. From God's perspective and God's wisdom and God's plan is what we need. It's everything we need to rise above the setbacks and challenges that are before us. Because our God is able to do far more than we ask or imagine according to the power that's at work in us. So I believe we're coming out stronger. I believe that we're going to have bold faith in a noisy world. So the title today of the series is stronger, but the title of this message is The Power of a Seed. The Power of a Seed. I want to read from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lord, I pray across all of our campuses today, speak to us powerfully, change our thinking, change our actions, that we might store treasure in heaven. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So the year is 2009. There's a young man in Oslo, he's studying in Norway, called Christopher Cook, and um, he's studying uh, cryptocurrencies, and he learns about this new cryptocurrency called Bitcoin, and he decides, I need to invest. He rustles up everything he's got, and he gets $27. He's got $27, £20-ish, and he invests in his Bitcoin. Now, in 2009, £20, $27, would buy you 5,000 Bitcoin. 5,000 Bitcoin. I checked today, and one Bitcoin today is worth $14,000. He got 5,000. He forgot about his investment, and then just went on with life, and then four years later, somehow he sees something, either on the news or in a newspaper, how Bitcoin has risen in value. And so he decides, I'm going to check. Didn't I do something? Did I, didn't I? A few years ago, I remember 20, 20 odd dollars, I think, I invested. So he searches for his password. You've all been here, haven't you? 
takes him all day to search for his back password. And the thing is, his crypto wallet, his crypto wallet only allows two goes and then you've lost your Bitcoin forever. He's got one of those. So he's searching, he's going through, he's trying to find it. It takes him all day. He puts the first password in, he gets it wrong. He knows he's got one more shot. He eventually finds his password. He goes in, four years in. He decides, I'm going to get rid of a fifth. I'm going to sell 1,000 Bitcoin. He sells 1,000 Bitcoin. He gets $886,000 for one Bitcoin. He keeps the other 4,000. I don't know whether Christopher Cook has still got that other 4,000 Bitcoin. If he has, this morning he's got 56.6 million pounds. So I want you to imagine today, it's 2009. And you fixed the flux capacitor. And you went to 2023. And you know for 20 pounds in today, you could end up with 56 million in a few years time. I mean, what would you do? Like, I don't know about you. I won't be just trying to steal 20 pounds out of Jeannie's purse. <laughs> I'd be thinking, what can, like everything. I mean, I'd even get your money, you know. And I, I'd be th- I'm thinking, what can we do? So how do you feel when you hear a story like this? Maybe you feel, why doesn't that happen to me? Why do I never drop on anything like that? Why didn't I study cryptocurrency in 2009? Maybe. Some of us might think that. I know know some people think, well, you know, that wouldn't solve all my problems, even all that money, or insulate me from all my worries, but it'd sure help. It would sure help me. In the text we read, there's a tension. There's a tension because Jesus says, don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth. Store up treasure in heaven. Can you see the tension in the text? Because I don't know about you. If, if I knew in 2023, I'd have, I'd have been there in 2009 with my money, your money and any money I could find. But Jesus tells us because where we invest, where we store up treasure, that's where our heart will be. That's where our heart will be. If we store up treasure on earth, that's where our love, our affection, that will be the seat of our desire because our heart will follow our investment. We think it's the other way around. We think because we love something, we give to it. And that is true. But actually, Jesus is teaching us something deeper that actually where we invest, that's where our heart ultimately ends up. Our heart follows treasure. Not the same kind of story, but I used to work and Gavin used to work for a company called National Smokeless Fuels. We were the first part of British coal to be privatised and we had a management employee buyout. And so all the employees, management employees were given some shares and some of us were given the opportunity to buy extra shares. And so I bought extra shares. I was only allowed to buy an, an extra 200 shares. Unfortunately, it's not a Christopher Cook story. And I bought those shares. But I tell you what happened the moment I bought those shares. My attitude towards that company changed. 
before it was just a job. I wanted the company to succeed because I wanted a job. I wanted to be paid at the end of every month like many of us, but it wasn't my real passion in life. My passion in life was elsewhere. Um, but once I invested, I started praying for that company every day. I started praying for my boss. I'd never prayed for my boss before, but I started to pray for my boss. Why did I do that? Because your heart follows your treasure. That's the power of a seed. It can transform you totally. Actually, the truth is it will transform you totally. And we need to know today that everything in life is a seed. And at the beginning of 2023, across all our campuses, Stocksbridge, Sheffield, Derby, Chesterfield, we have got this opportunity. And everyone watching online, we have got the opportunity to start this year strong, knowing where we will invest our seeds. Because what we sow today, we reap tomorrow. Seeds produce harvests. And we can't grow what we won't sow. Let me say that again. You can't grow what you won't sow. And we're sowing seeds whether we know it or not. And those seeds will impact our future. So I want to dig into a couple more parables of Jesus this morning. And I want to share with the purpose of Jesus' parables, the reason Jesus told these stories. He told these stories because they were relatable. Everyone can understand a story, a parable. They're about normal things. But he's told a parable for two reasons. One, to make us think differently. They were stories with a twist to make us think differently. But secondly, to make us act differently. Think it differently and act differently. It's why he used everyday examples like sowing and reaping, like investing, storing up treasure, like fishing and nets, like sons, two brothers who couldn't get on And sons who want their inheritance early. Jesus used these stories from everyday life. But they were stories with a twist. So that we would think different and act different. So I believe today the Lord wants us to think differently about investing. And how we store treasure. Because if you're anything like me. When you hear the story of Christopher. You're thinking I'll have some of that please. I'll take some of that. You're thinking, give me that bonus. Give me that payday. And you know, we've said many times in this church, and I want to say it again, Jesus is not against us having wealth or property or prosperity. He's against wealth, property, prosperity, stuff having us. It's where our heart is, is what Jesus is teaching us. So Jesus is not against us having that stuff, but he teaches us so that we'll think today and act on our investments. He tells us today that the greatest place of return is not the crypto market, but the greatest place of return is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Anybody believe that today? Amen. So here's a couple of parables from Matthew 13, a couple of Jesus stories. Matthew 13, 44 to 46, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field and someone found it. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys the field. He finds the treasure, he understands where the treasure is and he buys the field. And again, 
The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. I think from these stories, we need to realize Jesus wants us to win. He wants humans to win. He wants us to flourish. That's always been the intent of God. So many people think God wants to diminish their lives. But no, that's the, no man, that's the wrong God. He's not a God who wants to diminish our, our lives. He wants, a God, uh, wants to be a God who blesses our lives and causes us to flourish. God loves you. He loves your family. He's always loved you. And he's always been after your blessing right from day one of creation. He begins in day one of creation to create this space, this universe, this heavens and this earth. Why does he do that? So that he can dwell with us, so that he can have relationship with us. And so that we can be fruitful and multiply and flourish. Human flourishing has always been and still is God's plan for us. Even in 2023. And Jesus says to flourish, to flourish like you're meant to, you have to sow seeds. And the best place to invest, the place of highest return, is the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus is so wise that he knows that many of us aren't going to invest there. We're going to miss the opportunity to invest in the kingdom of heaven. And so he tells us in another parable why we might miss that opportunity. And he does it. He does it because he wants us to win. He does it because he wants us to invest in the right place. So our heart is in the right place. And so the return is the best it can be. It's in another parable. You know it maybe as the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. And in that parable, Jesus teaches us three reasons why we don't invest in the kingdom of God. You see, right now, it's 2009. You chose a great morning to come to church. It's 2009. And you've got $27. And if you invest that $27 in the right place, you will reap a kingdom harvest. You realize I'm using a metaphor this morning around this. It's 2009 and you can get 5,000 Bitcoin and you know in 2023 what's coming because what we sow today will reap the harvest in the future. So Jesus wanting us to win so much shows us the obstacles that we face in this parable. Let's go through them one by one. Here's the first, Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom... And does not understand it. The evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. He says sometimes we don't invest because we hear the word of the kingdom. And we fail to understand it. We fail to understand the word of the kingdom. What that word means understand. It means we fail to put things together. We fail to see God's two plus two. We fail to connect the dots. We put our own spin maybe on the word. We make it fit our circumstances. We make it fit our current way of thinking and our current way of acting. But remember, Jesus told parables so that we would think differently and so that we would act differently. And Jesus is saying that some of us won't invest in kingdom things because we just don't take the time 
to understand the word of the kingdom. We don't take the time to let it settle in our hearts. And it's just like the seed on the path and the birds come and eat it and the birds take it away. In uh, the first lockdown in 2000 and uh, when we were all at home, I don't know about you, but I started to notice things around the house. So I started to notice all the weeds that were growing in my garden. Anybody else have this experience? And uh, we've got some wasteland next to our house and it seems like the loads of seeds are blown over and these weeds were now coming up. And I thought, well, we've got to spend some time at home. Maybe I can sort it out. And so I went to weeding. I got all the weeds out. It took me hours and hours and hours. Got all these weeds out and my lawn had these masses of patches because I thought, you know, we've got some time. I'm going to do a good job. So I got out all the moss. I got out all the weeds and I had all these huge patches, brown patches across. And then I, you know, raked them, got them ready. And then I sowed seed. Watered it every day for two weeks, as it tells you on the packet. Water the seed for two weeks. Watered it every day for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, I'm expecting to see this beautiful new lush grass. Nothing. Just patches. Nothing. You know why? Because the birds where I live have got binoculars. <laughs> they are like mega birds. I mean, they just came and they just took all that seed away. But I'm a human. I'm cleverer than a bird. So I got to work again. I prepared the ground. Not so much time and effort this time, but I prepared the ground. I, I sowed the seed, but then I hid it. I got some soil and I covered over the seed with soil. And I looked at the birds and I said, that's you dumb baby. <laughs> Two weeks later, lush green grass growing through. The psalmist put it like this in Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart. Don't let bird, don't let anything come and just pick away at the word that God gives you. I have hidden your word. I've believed it. I've received it. I've understood it. I'm connecting the dots. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so today Jesus is encouraging us. So kingdom scenes. Understand the word. Connect the dots. Think differently. Act differently. The second reason he goes on. Same parable, verses 21, 20 and 21, Matthew 13. What was sown on rocky ground? This is like the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But such a person has no root. They endure only for a while. But when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. You know, the faith that we receive needs to deepen. It needs to get stronger. It needs to take root in our life. So much root in our life that when trouble or opposition or persecution comes, we don't just slip back to groupthink. We don't just step back and think like everybody else in the world thinks. We, we don't become too quick to say, do you know what, it's not working out for me. And I know we've all been there. But we've got roots. Yeah. Roots in God's word that means it can grow. Do you know, I, I don't know if you uh, 
a love a bonsai tree. I think we might have a picture of one, but the bonsai tree has become a common house or an office decoration. And it usually sits in a small pot that's no bigger really than the palm of your hand. But the bonsai tree begins life like any other tree. It's got the potential to be big, to be huge. But the gardener cuts away aggressively at the roots so that the roots can't get all the nutrients that it needs to grow large from the soil. It cuts away at the roots. And then after a while, after a time, it's planted in a small pot so that those roots don't have anywhere to go to find any more. You see, the bonsai tree is not meant to be miniature. It might look beautiful miniature, but it's not meant to be miniature. And you are not meant to be a miniature Christian. You're meant to have roots that go deep into Jesus, deep into his word and grow. You're meant to be fruitful and flourishing. So don't let your environment dictate Don't let your past experiences dictate. Jesus wants you to win. Don't let trouble or opposition talk you out of God's promises for your life. Stand on the word. Stand on the promises of God. Don't let people cut back your roots. Don't let them do that. Don't let, uh, maybe people talk about you. Oh, she's just one of them Christians. She's one of those happy, clappy Christians. Well, the opposite of happy clappy could be miserable and hands in the pocket Christian, but I know which one I'm picking, you know. Stand on the promises of God. Maybe people talk about you. Maybe people talk about your church, criticize your church. Maybe they criticize you. They criticize your faith. Maybe you hear people diss the Bible. Oh, it's just this ancient nonsense that some people still believe. Stand on the word. Stand on the promises of God and let your roots go deep in 2023. That's the second reason that we don't invest. The second reason is trouble and opposition. And then Jesus says the third reason. Matthew 13, 22. And what was sown among thorns? This is the one who hears the word. But the cares of this world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. The cares of this world and the lure of wealth. This is when our treasure is somewhere else. Our heart has gone somewhere else. And the only way to shift the direction of your heart is to sow the seed where you want your heart to go. That's where your heart will be also, Jesus says. Our heart follows seeds. The only way to reorient our love is to sow seeds. Sometimes you can be in a marriage and your heart can start drifting from that marriage The only way to redirect your heart back is to sow seeds into that marriage. Sometimes you can be in a a job, a career, and your heart starts drifting from that place. The only way to reconnect your heart is to sow seeds into that job or that career or that calling. Sometimes you can be in a church. The only way to reorient your heart towards God's kingdom is to sow seeds. Jesus was asked the question, what should we love? What's the greatest commandment? And he said this, Luke 10, 27, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
Jesus is basically saying, have a look at the Ten Commandments. The first set of the Ten Commandments are to love God and the second set within the Ten Commandments are to love others. Jesus is not dissing the Ten Commandments. He's not moving away from them. He's saying they're summed up in these two phrases. Love God, love neighbor, love your neighbor. And this is why it matters this morning. Jesus wants us to win. He wants us to think differently and he wants us to act differently. So as we start 2023, another new year, I want us to start sowing kingdom seeds. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about different ways that we can sow kingdom seeds as a church, as individuals. And I want to encourage you. This is 2009 and we've got the opportunity to sow kingdom seeds, knowing that one day it'll be 2023 and that the seeds we sow today will produce a harvest in the future. So as I begin to close, I want us to think about sowing seeds in prayer. We've already heard across all our campuses that we are going to do as a church, not starting tomorrow, but starting a week tomorrow, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I want to encourage everyone in every campus Even people who join us online, hundreds of people each week join us online at this time. I want everyone to get involved from the 16th of January to the 5th of February. Do something you've never done to see a harvest you've never seen. Do something you've never done to see something, maybe in your personal life, maybe in our church life together. Let's do something you've never done. And so in response to what's been shared already in all our campuses, if you don't receive the emails or if you're new and you want to be involved, come and come. You're welcome to be involved in this 21 days with us. Let us have your email address. Let's make sure that we're all receiving those emails. And every day, as Nathan said, there'll be a little like rhythm that you can go through in terms of prayer that will include the things that we're praying for during the day. There'll be stuff about how to fast and how to how you can do that different ways over 21 days that you might take time to fast and spend time in prayer. There'll also be links to additional resources. We have never as a church done 21 days of fasting. So we are doing something we've never done to see things that we have never seen. We're storing up treasure in heaven because it's 2009, baby. And we fixed the flux capacitor and we've been back to the future. We know that the returns, kingdom returns, are of far more value than any, anything Bitcoin could ever offer us. Imagine what could happen in 2023, 2024, as we pray. Miracles. We always see miracles of healing and Every year in the life of our church, there's significant stories of healing that happen and miracles that happen. But I believe God can do even more than we've ever seen. Salvation, we always see people making decisions to follow Jesus. And it's so good that we see them across campuses and across different ministries too. Like youth, and imagine we see people making decisions to follow Jesus. I think we can see even more. 
more people. God loves people. God wants to know people. The reason he created the universe, this space, this earth, heavens and earth and the whole universe is so that he could put us somewhere and have a relationship with him. What about open doors? What doors could God open for you maybe or for us as a church? What could God do? And what about his glory being revealed? Like so many people think God is like insignificant and like, like a, a grumpy old man. Like they've just never read the Bible because every time you see God in the Bible, he's full of joy. He, he, he sings over us, the Bible says. I hope he's got a better voice than I have because that might not be the greatest blessing if he's got my voice. But what about seeing something of God's glory that we've never seen? Somebody, one of the prophets said this, not to us, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory. And we can only grow what we're willing to sow. So my encouragement for all of us is could we all get involved? 21 days of prayer and fasting. Think differently, act differently. Maybe you've never been involved in anything like that before. Ask somebody, talk to somebody. We'd love for all of us to do together. And then the final thing, the final thing is on this same theme of sowing seeds in prayer. What about personal prayer? What about your prayer? Maybe you pray on the run and that's fine. But as a church, we created a whole load of resources at followjesus.uk that help in this area of having resources to help you Spend time with Jesus. That's what prayer is, just spending time with Jesus. It's what we were made for. It's what the earth and the heavens were made for. And I encourage you to check out followjesus.uk if you've not done it already. Here's a little video from the page on prayer from Nathan that introduces it. Well, you've clicked on the foundation, we pray. And we have this statement, we pray by forming life-giving patterns to spend time with Jesus. See, prayer is a conversation between us and God. So why do we pray? Prayer is important because it makes us more like Jesus and because it reveals to us the heart and mind of God. We can't afford not to pray. The Bible often says, when you pray, not if you pray. C.S. Lewis, an incredible author, said this, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. And so as we pray, we will become more like Jesus and we will find that prayer changes us. So how do we pray? Well, you'll find resources and practices available right on this page to get started on this foundation of We Pray. At Icon Church, we follow Jesus by praying, and we do that by forming life-giving patterns to spend time with Jesus. So get started with one of the resources on this page. It's great. Let's give it up for Nathan, just sharing that. And uh, my encouragement is that you go on that website. I'm going to invest this today. I'm going to invest it in this young man 
who was playing bass today. I thought, what a great job he was doing. So it's a little gift for you, sir. Enjoy that. Spend it wisely. How old are you today? How old are you? 16. When you're 31, I'm expecting 56.6 million. <laughs> and the final thing, I've asked Nathan Blood just to come and share just around this idea of personal prayer because he's been on that site already and uh, discovered some of the resources there. So come on, give it up for Nathan as he... Thanks. Um, yeah, when, when the, the site first went live, I was on there reading through this prayer stuff, and, and there's one page that stood out to me. It's called Breath Prayer, and you can go and find it there on the site. And um, it's just a really simple way of bringing prayer into your everyday life in a way that doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, um, dropping everything that you're doing and, and carving out time when, when things are busy, but actually just making it part of the natural rhythm of your life, because breathing, obviously, is something that we all... Uh, hopefully are doing all the time um, and so the, the idea of breath prayer and, and um, there's I guess a lot that you can get into it but the way that it's, it's worked for me is that um, when you breathe in you think of a phrase you know you pray a, just a short phrase and then as you breathe out you pray a, a different phrase another short phrase and um, there's like on the site there's ways of, of going through that thinking about you know what those phrases might be but um, for me, what I landed on was like a, a, just a short phrase of, um, oh, oh Lord my God, which is like, so when I breathe in, I'm praying that, oh Lord my God, which for me is like a, a reminder that, that he is Lord, that he's, you know, that he's sovereign, that he's in control, but also that he's my God, that it's like a personal thing. Um, and so I'm breathing in and I'm thinking that. And then as I breathe out, it's just again, like a short response to I guess whatever I am feeling in that moment, whatever I need, like, like you know, uh, I need your peace or um, help me with this or um, fill me with your spirit, whatever it is. But it's just that, that sort of, you know, a, a, a breath in and a breath out. And it just helps, I think, to like to center myself, to, to focus in on the fact that God is with me constantly, that there's never a moment that he's not. And so even in my breathing, and, and I guess the point ultimately is that every breath almost becomes that prayer. You know that it is that we're praying continually. And so it's just one little thing that I picked up from that side, but that's really helped me to, to find the presence of God in, in between all the busy moments, you know, to be sat working and just to take a second and remember that God's with me and ask him to, you know, to work in my life. So fantastic. Come on, let's thank Nathan. Let's stand to our feet, church. We're going to uh, pray in a second. Stronger through sowing kingdom seeds. How we start matters. How we start matters. How we start the year. And we have this opportunity to start stronger. Let me read my introduction again. In a time of chaos and crisis, when everything is being shaken, we think it's inevitable that we would grow weaker. But God says... I'm making you stronger. Bold faith in a noisy world. God says to you today, Icon Church, no weapon formed against you will prevail. God's perspective, God's wisdom and God's plan is everything you need to rise above the setbacks and challenges of life because He is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine according to the power at work within us. You are coming out stronger. You are having bold faith 
in a noisy world. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank You today for Your Word. And as we begin this year, Lord, we pray, make us stronger, Lord. You are our Lord. You are our God. And we trust in You. We thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for Your mercy. And we thank You for Your love. And we know that the plans that You have for us are to prosper us. Not to harm us, but to give us a hope and to give us a future. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we praise Him?